Hello, welcome back uh, to Violoncello Podcast. Uh, this is Ned. And that is... David Kaplan here. He's a good man. So today we thought we would uh, talk about spontaneity in music. Everything about it. How to be, what, first of all, what it is. That's kind of a big word at least for me, and what it looks like, and how to achieve it. And before that, I kind of wanted to tell a quick story, uh, kind of piggybacking off what we talked about last time. And last time we actually talked about our favorite composers. And David mentioned someone that's composing right now fabulous composer named Jesse Montgomery. And as he talked about that, I it really got me thinking. Uh, you know, he talked about uh, that it's bridging, basically bridging cultural gaps and connecting all sorts of different people groups, uh, the kind of stuff that she does. And anyway, Recently, I played Voodoo Dolls, which is a piece by her, with my quartet. And speaking of spontaneity in music, okay, this piece, it has many bars for every part. It's unnotated, and you it's freestyle. So it, it's sort of a rock and roll style, and you just do anything that you want for this amount of bars. Okay, so I, my part came up for like, okay, I have 16 bars and it's just, everyone's just doing the riff, duka, 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 whatever, you know, and I'm doing whatever I want and I'm, and I just totally, I like go to this other place, yeah, which is what you want to do, theoretically, right, in music, like, I just lost, I felt nothing, I knew nothing, I was like in a different uh i was like using the force you know or something like outside and so i was just going to town doing different things just you know whatever going all and and i started to get this like feeling that it, everything was great amazing but then i i just started to get this like feeling that like you know as musicians we all understand this feeling and it's a feeling that something's not right. And that usually means that something's like really not right. <laughs> like something's not together, basically, right? Like, so, you know, I, I started looking around at the other players. I'm like, what? Like trying to, basically, I was totally lost. I was still going to town and blah, blah, blah. And, and I started like recognizing what they were playing and long story short, like, I'm like, whoa, like I'm like behind like 20 bars, right? Like I missed, I missed my, like, so I, I went 20 bars too long and the recordings like online and, and, and everything. Uh, but I got so, I got so carried away that I went like 20 bars too long. And, but I, I play with like great play, like nobody knew this happened. Like I play with really great musicians 
and and literally i was like looking around like pan you're panicking when that happens right you're like like you have to find where you are <laughs> so you're like where am like you have to get back together like so it's a there's a there's you're panicking but i didn't show anything outside you know everything was you can see it on the recording uh no one bats an eye like i look around like at the cello you know the first file nobody even bats an eye they just play no one after the concert no one said a thing they're like yeah great that was great fun uh anyway that's my story but there, there's a couple takeaways there uh one is that well there's always a limit to being spontaneous i guess that's the obvious takeaway because you can't just do whatever you still have to do what the composer asks so you're you have certain limitations i guess that's the obvious but the other takeaway is is that i just went for it i did i got lost whatever big 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 mistake one of the biggest mistakes i've ever made in performance but no one even knew that it happened like nobody i still don't know if my quartet knows it happened for sure <laughs> we didn't you know we, we never talked about it with them so uh <clears throat> So sometimes when you go for something, even when you feel like, wow, that was terrible, like I went way out of my comfort zone, sometimes it was actually like not that bad. So like when you're taking risks, like even I make such a bad mistake for 20 bars, I'm doing like something totally different. But in the end, it, it really uh, turned out okay, I think. so. Shout out to Jesse Montgomery, really great piece. Uh, so anyway, spontaneity in music. Yeah, so I, first of all, what is it? What is it, David? Well, I, I just wanted to touch on something that you mentioned in your story, which is, and if I can rephrase it a little, that um, something along the lines of discipline makes freedom and kind of knowing what the rules are so that we can break them. And so we kind of need to know what we're doing in order to have spontaneity or spontaneity with purpose and, and meaning and not just spontaneity <laughs> on accident. Um, and, uh, and so I'll just tell a quick little anecdote about my time playing at farmer's markets, um, kind of segueing into what I think spontaneity is and how to achieve it. Um, and so for about seven years, every summer, uh, a violinist friend of mine and I would play at um, local farmers markets, the Evanston and Skokie Farmers Market, and a couple other ones. And um, we had this kind of set list of maybe an hour and 20 minutes of uh, like pretty famous classical tunes, something that everybody recognizes and, and everybody loves, um, give, given the setting that it's a farmers market. Right. Um, and so after seven years of doing that, I mean, even after a few weeks of doing that, you start to kind of get the pieces in your head and um, kind of unofficially memorize them. They're all pretty short and recognizable and, and fun. And it's a low pressure situation. If you make a mistake, 
people are just walking and walking by doing their business buying fruits and things like that um, so super low pressure setting perfect for experimentation and so after a while of getting to do this we just we knew the music by heart and uh, you know when we would take repeats uh, Robert might change the rhythm or might change the character or um, add a couple of extra notes or things like that. It was my job to respond based off of that. And so we'd kind of play these games with the music. Um, I'm thinking particularly of our first piece, which was a Bach A minor minuet. Um, if I recall, it's something like... Uh, something like that. And so we'd play that over and over and we would change the rhythm or change the notes or he, he would take one repeat or the other and I had to guess which one he took. And um, it, it really taught me a strong lesson in spontaneity because otherwise if we're playing these pieces a thousand times, it gets extremely boring. And if we're not careful enough, not only is it boring for us, but it becomes boring to listen to. And that's the worst thing that can happen, right? So we had to figure out how to add some more life into this music that we've played a million times. And that's where this spontaneity came in, that each time we're doing something different. Um, and ideally, it comes from great practice and not just repeating things a thousand times, but it comes from great practice and discovery. Um, so that we're always trying new ideas and understanding the music in new ways so that we can develop these new ideas. And I think spontaneity really is at the key of what makes music fun and interesting, especially in concerts, right? I mean, I think that um, that when there's spontaneity, there's not a sense that the music is rigid and calcified, but rather there's a certain flexibility and variety at all times. Um, and that comes with great practice and great discovery um, and, and great trying of new ideas. And not all of those ideas are going to work. Um, but to me, that's what spontaneity is, is that something's a little bit different every time. And um, that comes back to the discipline leads to freedom. We need to really get into the, to the crux of the music and, and figure it out so that we're able to have the freedom to be spontaneous. And I think we can also practice spontaneously, practice spontaneity and practice spontaneously. Um, I think that that's the key to keeping music interesting. Um, I'm sure you have some thoughts to add. Yeah. Yeah, a lot there to unpack, right? But I, this idea of like practice, right? Practice is like, I feel like for most of us, certainly for me, it's something that is always evolving. And there's always a balance. Uh, as I've been a professional for a while now, and, and there's always this balance you need. You mentioned if it's boring for you, it can be boring for the audience. I, I tend to think that if it's boring for you, it it's, has to be also boring for the audience. Like there's no maybe about it. Like if you're bored, they're bored. And, and so if you're bored in the practice room, you're practicing how to be bored in performance. So you, the, the evolution of my practice is basically like, I don't allow that to happen anymore. 
Uh, so if there's ever something when I'm practicing, and this, this might not even be for a certain piece, but if there's any time I'm practicing a scale and I feel bored, that means something needs to change. And that's the spontaneity thing. Like I need to be spontaneous right now because something's, I'm not focused the way I should be. I'm not into it. And so I, I think, I think that's, that's a discipline when you, you said it has to be practiced. I think that's kind of how it manifests. It's like the second you're bored, you need to like change something up like now. And, and, and when you practice that way, then, then you're able to do the same thing when you're on the stage. So I, I'm not sure your thoughts on that, but that's kind of when I was thinking about practice, like that's what it really is to me being in the moment. I love that. And um, it's interesting. It's this is we're kind of practicing spontaneity right now, almost. Um, and I wrote a couple of things down, of course, what I wanted to talk about, but now I'm out of those things. So now as you've kind of spontaneously talked about some things, now I've kind of come up with some things that I'd like to talk about. Um, shout out to my former teacher, Daniel McDonough. I want to mention one of his ideas um, shortly, but I think that's what creates art. And if you can call this art, I think you can, the art of, of speaking and, and, and um, sharing ideas. Um, it's all about that spontaneity. And um, so you, you made me recall a thought um, that's just excellent about the marriage of music and technique, uh, regardless of how people feel about marriages in life. I think that in music, we always want to marry music and technique together. And, and I know people, I know teachers, famous teachers that advocate for the opposite, that, you know, Oh, you're putting music first. Like you can't do that. You know, you got to practice the technique first. Get that so that you can make the music. Of course, there's some truth to that. But if you're not careful, that can really stifle your musicality. And so I had a teacher that always mentioned, well, you want to always keep music, musicality married to the technique. And um, I think that's exactly kind of what you were talking about in practices. You know, if we're playing anything, whether it be an orchestra excerpt, um, a scale, a technical thing like that, um, or, or any piece of music that we like or don't like, if we're not uh, doing something interesting, for lack of a better phrase, at all times, then um, it's not good practice. And so if we're practicing slowly, there's always room to develop the sound. Where's the where's the sound going? Is it going somewhere? Is it coming away from somewhere? Um, what are the musical implications of what we're doing, even if we're practicing it uh, and and have really deconstructed it? We can't completely take out the music, um, otherwise we'll lose it when it's time to actually play it. Uh, as you said, you, you have to practice it in always. Um, and so I think that's super important. And one of the biggest things that I like to advocate for is the marriage of music and technique. Um, yeah. Yeah, I when I thought of also one of my old teachers. And one time I, I came, she was very open and a very open person. So the, the door is always open. You can come in, observe any time, any lesson, any time. 
Uh, but I, I came in one time and, and she was just practicing. And I just stood there and she didn't stop or anything. I just stood there and watched her for like 45 minutes. And it was fascinating to me because I, I couldn't quite understand what was going on at the time. <laughs> but she was basically like performing. I mean, it was really like, it, it was like everything about it was like she was on stage everything about it like e even if she had to stop or it was basically she was just performing and then every once in a while she would maybe stop and make a note and then she'd check something and then she'd perform it was all a performance and that that really that really stuck with me especially as i've gotten older because i used to be so ocd about i still am that never goes away <laughs> but OCD and the and the too much that it like cripples you because you get so fixated on making this or this happen in a vacuum and then it just doesn't it doesn't translate in performance and then you go to the lesson and it's like oh you the most common thing teachers here oh that sounded better in the practice room well the reason is is because you were not really practicing this way in general if, if you if you're performing when you're practicing then it's no different when you're performing for your teacher you know so it you don't get that gap and just with a few of my students there's just this huge gap and i tell them this and they they still want to learn the technique first and separate it from musicality and they're you know that's their choice there's nothing i can do about it but <clears throat> someday i'm like i'm trying to like convey the message to every not just my students but everybody that like you you can waste so much time so much time when you divorce the two like it's unreal uh, like the inexperienced string quartets how they practice is the first rehearsal they start playing and and then they stop after one bar and then they go back and they're like, oh, and then they talk for an hour and okay, but like the more experienced quartets usually just play through everything. They they perform it before they do anything else. Or the great orchestras probably just gonna run through before anything else happens. So you you already have that performance experience, and then you go from that place of performance. So it's my a few more thoughts on that. You have yeah, those are some great thoughts. Idea? I mean, I think you you touch on some really great topics. Um, I, I think those are all excellent and and certainly debatable. You know, I think there's two sides to every story and every coin, and um, you know, I could argue against myself all day long, and and the truth is that there's something to be said for everything. But I, I think that we're really on the right track with these ideas that uh, spontaneity is really at the key of a lot of these things, really the key of a lot of these things. Um, and uh, and more broadly, just keeping the music alive and interesting and never calcified and never rigidly planned out every bar. Um, I think that's where music goes to die. <laughs> 
is uh, with this rigidity and, um, you know, it's never going to be perfect. And that's not what we're aiming for. We're aiming to touch people and make great music, not showcase a perfect Pagani Caprice, yes. you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that, that ultimately what you just said is, is like a great, it just kind of ties everything together because it, it's never truly about the technical perfection that that's that's at most just part of the equation at most and and it's the greatest virtuosity is where people don't realize how hard it is right so in other words they don't no one notices the technique that's the whole point of being great being a master is that no one notices it's just they only think about the music that's the whole point so the technique never gets in the way so we have to always keep in mind that it's about inspiring people. It's about spreading joy and, and love and all these, or, or, you know, revealing, you know, working through sadness. I mean, music can help us deal with everything in life. And, and it's about connecting everyone and all of our experiences, um, both outside with everyone in the world, everyone we contact, between cultures and also within us within us but music is so powerful and and that's that's what we always have to keep in mind when we're playing and spontaneity is it's absolutely i as a music critic i write for american record guide and i i just i cannot even there are so many performances that are just dreadful to listen to i mean they're dreadful they're so so boring like many 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 and that's that's a sad i don't i don't need to call out anyone out but there are so many recently and uh sometimes names that people know you know household names sometimes i mean uh, household within the our community at least uh, it's like, man, they need like someone to just like take them and shake some spontaneity into them, you know? So that's, that's, that's my, so I mean, this is really, this is why we're talking about this, like, uh, right away. Like this is the beginning of our podcast and it's like, what are we going to talk about spontaneity and music? <laughs> And the, and the reason is, is because it's kind of a reaction, like, don't be boring. Don't, don't misrepresent the music. Uh, the worst, the worst blasphemy against the music is when you're, when you represent it in a way that's just not interesting and makes people want to turn you off and fall asleep. Uh, that's like the greatest disrespect to a composer. So you have any thoughts in conclusion i i think just that um it's the same as a lot of things you know if you like let's say you're pressing a difficult passage um and and uh it's not to your liking then you have to change something right or if you're practicing with tension you have to move something if it's just stuck it's not going to be untense if that's a word you have to move something 
if you're not doing anything with the music, relax. yeah, yeah. If you're not doing anything with the music, you got to do something. And so you should always be doing something. And something should always be happening. Something should be developing. Um, and and uh, spontaneity is at the core of all of that. Um, that, that can't say more than that. Mm. Yeah. Great. Well, this has been, uh, I mean, there's a lot more that'll come out about this. I mean, this is not like, none of these topics are isolated to just like spontaneity, but we talked about practice and performance habits and uh, different experiences we've had. And uh, so this is not going to end here, this conversation, uh, but would love to hear from anyone uh, thoughts on spontaneity and how it relates to being a musician and any stories that you want to share. And uh, I guess I think we're, we're good to go on this one. And I hope to see you for the next episode. Thanks, everyone. Thank you.